don't you go ahead and have a seat. And, and I'm, I'm just going to dive right into that. That, that what we're going to do is we're going to kind of talk about the songs that we've been singing. And, and I know for some of y'all that, that you haven't been here every week. And, and I know for my football guys, this is like a, a new series for you. But, but we've been in this series that, that we've been calling it a summer set list. And we've been simply looking at songs that we sing and why we actually sing them. And, and so we'll just continue with that thought today on this idea of, can I sing songs that I trust God? Can I sing those kinds of lyrics? And, and we're going to do it by looking at a guy named Isaiah and looking at, at the book that he wrote. And this whole idea is a perfect way to wrap up this series because... The Israelites, and if you don't have any church background, let me explain that. That's, that's God's people like 3,000 years ago, that these were people that were following God. Well, they were at least supposed to follow God, but they chose not to. That, that God said, I need you to follow me, and you're my people. But they said, well, we don't really want to. And he said, well, that's fine, but there'll be consequences of those actions. And one of those consequences is you're going to lose your land and you're going to become captives of a different empire. Uh, and, and unfortunately, the Israelites didn't heed God's instruction. They didn't repent. So sure enough, they were captured. They were taken away from their land. They were slaves in a foreign land. Yet in the middle of it, Isaiah the prophet said, don't lose hope. You can trust God. That God will show up. If we'll, if we'll turn to God, he's going to show up and, he, and he's going to be the God he proclaims to be. And I want to look at the words that Isaiah penned. And in these words, you're going to see four simple things about God that, that make it where we can say, I'm going to trust you. Now, I'm not going to say they're easy to, to believe. I'm not going to say they're easy to hold on to. But they are four simple things. There are four characteristics about God that if we will go and grab a hold of them, we can say, and that's why I trust him. All right, so it's Isaiah, it's uh, chapter 40, verse 28, and the scripture's right there on the, on the screen, and, and, and let me just read it, and you'll see all four of his characteristics in this one verse. It says, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, that's one, the creator of the ends of the earth, that's two. He will not grow tired or weary, that's three, and his understanding no one can fathom. That, that we can trust God because he is an eternal God, a creator God, an untiring God, and an all-knowing God. Let, let's just look at that first one that's in yellow there. It says, the Lord is the everlasting God. Uh, that means that he is a God that is eternal there is no start point with God and an end point with God. There is no born on date with God where eventually he'll stop being God. And, and that's something that, that is not normal in our life because everything in our life has a beginning and an end. Like that's just how we live. And, and we as people, we, we make up false gods. I don't know if you recognize that we do this, but we do it all the time. 
that we, we put gods into our life that are truly not God. Like we'll, we'll put money as a God, we'll put popularity as a God, we'll put our friends as a God, we'll put ourselves as God. That we'll all, like, like we'll all do this and we'll, we'll make fake gods in our life. And all of those fake gods that we bring into our life, they all have a start point, they all have an end point, none of them will last, that they're not eternal. That, that we even see that with like kings and, and um, empires. And you can go back to the Old Testament part of the Bible. And there was a king, his name was the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh believed that he was a god. Every Pharaoh believed they were gods. Just like emperors of like Rome, they all believed they were gods. But with every Pharaoh, with every emperor, they all had a birth date. They all had a date they became king. They all had a date that they ended being king and they died. But that's not so with God. God is eternal, and here's what that means. It means that he will forever be there for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You never have to worry about being abandoned. Amen? Yet, if we're honest, that can be a struggle. Because, again, that's just not what we're used to. I was actually talking about that with our staff this past week, that we were sitting around in a staff group, and we were reflecting back on last week's message. And if you remember, if you were here last week, Clay talked about this idea that, that, that is found in Isaiah as well, that God is a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, and prince of peace. And I asked our staff, which one, uh, which aspect of God like, do you connect with, do you resonate with, and, and which one do you struggle with? And I asked one, we were asking in circles, but, but one of our staff members, his name is AJ. And, and if you've ever met AJ, AJ is a stud, okay? He's a young adult. He works with our upper elementary and our middle school students. Awesome young man. And uh, he said, well, well, I resonate. I connect with, with God being my wonderful counselor. Like I constantly, I love digging into the word. I feel like he's always, you know, giving me knowledge and wisdom. And he's, he's being that counselor that I need. He said, but I struggle with God being my everlasting father. He goes, like, I know he is. Like, I know it. Like, I have great faith. I believe in it. Yet, if I'm honest, I struggle with it. And he said, the reason I struggle with it is every man I've ever had in my life has abandoned me. Like, like for me to think of God being eternal and everlasting father who will never leave me, it, it's, it's opposite of every male figure in my life. That as a child, my dad left. As I grew up, other men that would come into my life, they all left. So everything I've ever experienced in life is my dad or male figures or leaders in my life taken off. So the idea of connecting with a God who will never leave me, I have to admit is a struggle. And I was so appreciative of AJ saying that. Because I think some of us were unwilling to admit that sometimes we struggle. And here's a guy who is fully following God, like, like an incredible faith, young man. Yet he would be honest and say, I still have to lean into that because it's a struggle. Yet I know the truth is, no matter what I do, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Because he is my eternal father. He is my eternal God. And because of that, I need to trust him. 
And I hope that you'll learn from AJ. I hope that you'll learn from that scripture that he is, God is an eternal God who you can trust. But the scripture goes on. Let's look at the second one. He says he is the creator of the ends of the earth, that he is an eternal God and he is creator God, meaning that he is the one who has created all things. He's created the trees, he's created the the rivers, he's created the flowers, he's created mankind, he's created the stars, he's created the universe, the galaxies. He is creator God. And, And we see that all through scripture. It's not like we just see it in Genesis 1 uh, that, that God created and that's it. No, we see it all the way through Scripture that we see in the book of Job that God said, don't, don't you know that I'm the one who tells the waves how far they can go? I'm the one who decides where the seashore starts and where it ends. That I'm the one who knows where the rain comes from. That I'm the one who can tell you where the storehouses of snow are. That, that God says that. Jesus, when he's on earth, says the same thing and shows us the same thing. That he has power and control. That he's out on the the waters and there's waves and wind and storms and all the disciples are freaking out and Jesus just says, be still. Like he is still in control, which means this, the wind and the waves still listen to the voice of God. So when you have winds and waves in your life, when it seems like life is out of control, when it seems like there's chaos all around you, I want you to know that God as the creator knows exactly the way out. I'm curious, weird question. Anybody here ever been in an escape room before? You know what I mean by an escape room? Okay, so a couple of you. All right, so, so one, I think escape rooms are kind of sadistic. <laughs> like if you really think about them, right? Like you get locked into a room, maybe with people you know, or maybe people you don't know, and you got to figure out how to get out. And the whole time you're trying to figure out how to get out, there's somebody watching you, right? Like that's how the game works. But the benefit of the game is the person who's watching created the room. Or if they didn't create it, they were trained in the entire creation of the room. So they know every secret. They know every clue, and while you're sitting there trying to figure it out, if you get stuck, this, this little person, whoever they are, the you know, genie behind the bottle or wizard in the eyes, I don't know what it is, but you know what I mean? There's this person, and they type out on a computer, and they say, hey, look behind the bookcase, or pick up the phone, or go and do this. And they know exactly what they're talking about because they're the ones who helped create the room. Because that makes me think a little bit about God. Now, I want to say that carefully because I don't think God is sadistic putting us in a room and, you know, watching us try to get out. I don't think that. But I do know he is the creator God. And because he is creator God, he knows exactly what we need in the midst of crisis. He knows exactly where the clues are. He knows exactly where the, the exit is. He knows exactly what you need in the midst of the chaos because he's the one who's created this place. And because he created it, he also sustains it. So you can trust him because he's got the knowledge to help you through the crisis, which I'll come back to in just a second, all right? Let me keep reading though. It says this. It says the Lord is the everlasting God, so he's eternal God. 
He's the creator of the ends of the earth, so he's creator God. He will not grow tired or weary. God will never get tired. Now, reality is, we do. Am I right? Oh, y'all ain't willing to admit that? Let me turn to some of my friends. Y'all ever get tired? Right? You know what I'm saying? When coach says, get on the sideline, and you know, he's on the clock. We got to cross that line. Like, it happens, right? Like, we get tired. We get worn out. That's natural. It's Sunday. I know what everybody's thinking about Sunday. Church, lunch, nap, right? Am I right? Like, we, we all there. That, that's how we roll. But God never takes a nap. Like, God's not sitting around on a Sunday going, well, when's that last service going to end? Because I need a nap. Like, when's the preacher going to shut up? Because I need a nap. I mean, I know y'all don't ever say that. But, you know, God's never going to grow tired. He's never going to grow weary. He's never going to get worn out. You, you don't have to cry out to God and go, God, are you there? Or are you asleep right now? Because God doesn't sleep. I love a story found in, in the book of uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. I, I'm not going to tell you much about it because in October, we're going to spend six weeks on the whole story. But, but real quick, there's this, there's this prophet named Elijah, and he's going to battle against 750 false prophets of a false god, a god they have made up in their mind. And he's like, all right, well, let's just solve who's really God. Let's put this sacrifice out there. And whichever God shows up through fire and, and ignites the sacrifice, well, that's God. Y'all can go first. And so these 750 prophets, they start crying out to their false God, and nothing happens. About the middle of the day, Elijah says, maybe you should cry a little louder because maybe your God's asleep. Maybe your God's taking a nap. And Elijah knew my God, his God, he's there in an instant because our God doesn't nap. Our God doesn't grow tired, which means when you need help, when you need strength, when you need aid, when you need rescue, when, when, when you need a reset and a recharge, he is, his power is fully available. Not partially available, not like, well, I can give you a little bit, but I got to save some because I got to give somebody else some. No, his power is fully available because he will not grow weary and he will not grow tired. He's an untiring God. And let me hit the fourth one. It says this. And his understanding, no one can fathom. His understanding... No one can fathom, no one can understand, meaning that he is an all-knowing God. And let's just admit it, like, there's times in life where we need to know some stuff, all right? And, and when we need to know stuff, we'll go to people because some people are just smarter than us, right? Like, like that's just the way it works, like, I can tell you right now, I, we have two pastors on staff that, that I call on often because they, they, they've got some brilliant ideas when it comes to theology and the Bible. Uh, Jeremy, who's up here playing guitar, one of the wisest guys I've ever met in my life, all right? Like, you want somebody smart? That's the dude, all right? And so there's times I'll call Jeremy. I was like, Jeremy, tell me about this in the academia world. Um, go figure, he's a college professor, all right? Um, but, but you know what I mean? There's times. But 
Jeremy's limited on his knowledge, right? Like all of us, we might, we might be really smart in certain areas, but none of us have full knowledge of everything. So when you, when you need knowledge, you can go to somebody and they can help you and you should, but there's going to become a limit of that. So then you got to go, well, where else can I go for knowledge? Google, right? Like, like no, like, you got to be a little careful, right? But I mean, Google can give you some knowledge. Like, you can look up some things. You can figure some things out. And, and Google's great. But it's limited. So now, now we go on to the newest thing, AI technology. And some of you are like, AI, chat GPT, all that, all that stuff. I'm staying away from that. You've, you've watched iRobot too many times. And if you haven't watched iRobot, it's one of Will Smith's best. So go watch it, all right? But, but I, I've recently started like messing around with chat GPT. And if you don't know what that is, it's just an app and it uses AI technology. And, and I've enjoyed what I've got from it. Like you might go, all right, Josh, how'd you use it? Well, here's how I used it one day. I was like, I want to read the book Atomic Habits, but I don't want to read the book Atomic Habits. So I got on ChatGPT and I just said, will you give me a chapter summary of all the chapters in Atomic Habits? 30 seconds later is on my screen. Five minutes later, I'm done reading the book. And I'm like, this is glorious. Like for those of you my age, it's Cliff Notes. All right, for those of you younger than me, it's Spark Notes, all right? But, but, but like it can give you some great knowledge. Yet, like I thought like it's the all-knowing AI system. Yet the other day, somebody from our church texted me. And if you don't know, my two youngest kids are from Haiti, and so I've got a big heart for Haiti. And, and uh, they, they said, hey, Josh, I'm just praying for Haiti. Don't know really what's going on. Well, I didn't know what was going on in Haiti. I thought, you know, there's always something going on in Haiti, but I didn't know if there was anything new that had happened. So I jumped on ChatGPT, and I said, give me the most recent news from the country of Haiti. And I thought, this is going to fill me with knowledge. And it said, sorry, my knowledge is limited to 2021 and before. I was like, what? So I thought, well, maybe that's because I asked about the country of Haiti, and that's a little different. So I said, tell me what happened in America the last couple of days. I'm sorry, my knowledge is limited to 2021 and before. And I'm like, I thought you had the knowledge but there's only one thing in life, one person in life that you can go to who has all knowledge, and it's God. Like, it's not people, it's not Google, it's not AI. Go back to Isaiah 40, 28, it says, and his understanding no one can fathom that God has all the knowledge. And here's the beautiful thing with God's knowledge. He's not stingy. That God says, you want knowledge? I'll give you knowledge. It's in my word. You want knowledge? I'll give you knowledge. It's through my spirit. You want knowledge? Ask me and I'll give it. Clay, again, he said this last week from the book of James, that if you will simply ask God, he would be willing to give us the knowledge we need. Which, let's be honest, there's times where we're like, God, I need to know how to get through this situation. God, I need to know what to do in this relationship. God, I need to know what to do with this crisis that's going on in my family. God, I need to know what to do with, with this, 
this medical news that I've gotten. Ask God, because he's the one who can show up and give us strength. Look at this verse. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That when we're struggling, all we have to do is turn to God because he's the one who gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. And this is what I know about life. There will be moments, not once, not twice, there will be multiple times that we are all weary and that we're all weak. And we need to admit that we're weary and that we're weak and that we need a charge, that we need, to, we need God to show up and we need a movement in our life because we're struggling. And the only way to find that is really through God. Uh, let me ask a question. Any of you have maybe an iPhone, a computer, an iPad that either your cable or your charging port is a little messed up and, you, and you've had to, when you plug it in, you've had to like wiggle it around until the lightning bolt came on. Any, any of y'all deal with that with me? Like, like I know it happens, right? Well, I've been dealing with that for two years with my iPad, for two years. I mean, here's what happened is, I was sitting out on my deck one night, and if you know much about me, that's like every night of my life, okay? Like if I'm at home, come evening time, I'm gonna go sit out on my deck, and I'm just gonna enjoy watching a game, sitting on uh, the deck, just doing life. And, and I was out there one night, and I had my iPad in front of me, the TV on, I'm enjoying time on the deck, and all of a sudden it starts to rain. Not a big deal, like it wasn't a storm, it's just a sprinkle, and I've got a sunshade over me, so I'm good, I'm not getting wet. But if you understand sunshades, eventually the water's gonna find a place and it's gonna seep through. Well, sure enough, as I'm watching TV, I got my iPad open and, and, and all of a sudden water just drops through my sunshade and lands on my iPad. But not like on my iPad, like per perfectly right on my charging port. You know what I mean? Like it could have landed any place better. And I was like, oh, that's not good. And then the next thing you know, it went from a drop to it looked like it was peeing from my sunshade. Like that fast, you know what I mean? So I grab it and move it real quick and wipe it off. And I go inside and I try to charge it. Nothing. I'm like, this isn't good. It's a brand new iPad, okay? And like, I'm like, ah. And, and so like, I, I mess around, pull it out, flip it upside down, try again, right? Because that's what we do. And eventually the lightning bolt comes on. I'm like, ah, don't touch it. And I let it charge through the night. And I thought, well, maybe it's just one night because it's a little wet. That's two years, guys. <laughs> Every night for two years. That's my ritual. Open up the iPad, plug it in, move it around. Eventually a lightning bolt comes on. Well, a couple weeks ago, we were in Florida on our vacation, and I was out on the beach doing work every day, and, and when I got done, like we got home, I, I brought my iPad in, and it was covered with sand, and, and so I, I grabbed in like one of those like air, air aerosol cans, you know what I'm trying to say? You just spray it off with air, and, and so I'm spraying off my iPad, no big deal, right? Getting the sand off, and, and then as I'm spraying it off, I notice I have a secondary charging port on my iPad. I've never seen it before in my life. 
And I'm spraying it off. And on my case, I have a, what's called a magic keyboard. I notice there's a charging port on the left side. I'm like, what? Could it be? And I literally plug the cord in. And the minute it gets plugged in, bing, lightning bolt. I'm like, this is glorious. And so for the last six weeks, I've been great. I think some of us are plugging into the wrong port. I think for many of us, we keep plugging into a port, thinking it's going to give us strength, thinking it's going to recharge us, thinking it's going to satisfy us. And we've got this port of relationships, of money, uh, of, of, of ourselves. And we're like, it, I know it'll work. I just got to try and I got I to gotta keep messing with it. And eventually you get a, a little bit of a recharge. You're like, okay, yeah, that'll work. When there's a whole nother port that if we would just plug into God, he would give you all the strength you need. He'll give you everything you need. He will take care of you and you can trust him because he is an eternal God that doesn't run out of strength. That he is a creator God that understands what you're going through. That he is an untiring God. That he is an all-knowing God. And when you'll plug into him, here's what will happen. It says even youth. Or I could say this gen, if I just put my own language in there. Even this gen, grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Which is true, not just of youth, it's true of all of us. That we all grow weary. We all stumble. We all fall. Yet, look at this, it says, but those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. I want to really key in on those two words that are in yellow right now. And the first one is wait. Other translations will say it this way. Those who hope in the Lord. It'll say those who wait on the Lord or those who hope in the Lord. And when I was reading that in my study for this message, I was like, those are two kind of different words. Wait and hope. So why do we use two different words there? So I went back to the original language of the Old Testament, which is the language of Hebrew. And I looked at what does that word really mean? And it means to wait or sit in expectation. So when you think wait in expectation, totally makes sense you'd use the word hope there. And I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. And, and then I looked at the next one, and it was this word renew. I was like, oh, I want to see what that word means a little bit more. And it blew me away. The, the word, if you go back to the Hebrew, the, the, the literal translation there would be exchange. Read it this way. Those who wait or hope in the Lord will exchange their strength. Because that's a whole nother level. Because it's not just that, that I get a renewed strength in God. If I, if I go to him, it's just I get renewed, I get recharged. No, what, what the Lord is really saying here is when you plug into him, he exchanges places. He exchanges his strength for our weakness. We see this beautifully inside the life of Christ. 
where what God did is he sent his son Jesus to this earth as an exchange for us. That when Jesus came to this earth, he exchanged his holiness for our sin, his strength for our weakness, his life for our death. That he gave his life and died so that we could have life. That is the great exchange. And when we will plug into that, then we get that exchange. That we get that strength. And and look at what it does for us. It says they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And and I love the imagery of that. This imagery of like, man, I'm going to soar like on wings of eagles. And, and as a kid, that was always the superpower I wanted, right? Was to fly. And I ain't gonna lie, it's still what I want. Like, I love the imagery. I love the thought of flying. Like, when I picture this, I picture going out, like jumping off a cliff. And, and it, it's like probably my next adventure in life. I want to go hang gliding. And I know some of you think, nope, that's not for me. But I just think how awesome it would be just to go running off a cliff and then just to glide through the air. Now, I ain't gonna do it on my own. I'm gonna let the instructor lead the way. And I'll tandem. And the beauty is we can do that with God. We can just let him lead us. And we can run and we can soar. Well, how do we do that? Start walking with him. See, go back to the verse. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That if you want to soar, then let's start walking with God on a daily basis. Let's start plugging into him and walking with him. And I want us to do that right now. So we're going to go back into this time of of worship and response. And I'm going to give us an opportunity just just to walk with God. Just to sing out to him and to cry out to him. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Why don't you stand up with me and... And we're going to go into this time of response. And for some of you, that'll be coming up and taking communion maybe. There's communion on both sides of the stage where you can pick up that bread and that juice and remember the body and the blood of Jesus. If you need to pray with somebody, there'll be people in our connect corners, this one over here and that one back there, and we'd love to pray with you. Maybe what you need to do right now, though, is just to sing these words and say, yes, God, I trust you. And whether that's like because you, you, you do it all the time and you're like, yeah, God, I'm all in. Or maybe today is the first time ever. I, I love that we're singing this song, Holt, who's going to lead it for us. She, we were talking about this earlier on Thursday. And, and this is a song that says, it is well with my soul. It's a song that says that the wind and the waves, they still listen to your voice. And the last time Holt led this song for us on this stage was years ago when we were doing a similar series and and she gave testimony about a time that her and her family had lost the child, her child. And how she had to hold on and trust God in the midst of the storm. 
And so I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to take it from, from her and her husband's example and her family's example and, and walk with God and say, I trust you in the midst of the storm. So however you need to respond, let's do that today. Because he is a good God who is an eternal God, who is a creator God, who is an untiring God, who is an all-knowing God that you can plug into and find strength. Let's do that right now.